Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Attention, true crime enthusiast, searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. This is your moment, your time to shine. Your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Roger that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. Welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul, Mission Control Deck, and most importantly, you are you. You are here, and that makes this stuff they don't want you to know. An update episode. We're, we're, we're going topical. Yeah, we are. We're working with live fire. Uh, This peek behind the curtain, we typically record or endeavor to record a few weeks in advance of uh, publication date, uh, mainly because stories can change pretty rapidly in these modern times of ours. And this episode, as a result of that, this episode may include information that becomes outdated or needs an update. But for right now, we are going to... We're going to give you the the straight poop, as they probably say, somewhere in Minnesota, on an unfolding event. Does anybody else remember when WikiLeaks was a, a daily headline? Didn't matter where you turned. Everything was WikiLeaks, right? Yeah, and especially it had a bit of a resurgence there for a while mm-hmm. when the presidential election was happening in 2016 when that – that name started being bandied about again. But it goes way back to 2010, roughly, when it was 
very, very popular. Right, right. And it was around even before then. It was founded in Iceland in 2006. And despite the fact that you don't hear about it as much as you did in, in 2010 and 2016, it's still soldiering along. Today's story is not about WikiLeaks, however. If you want to learn about WikiLeaks, you can go look at their own website, which is still up. Right? Yeah. Uh, and we do have an old series of videos on it. That's right, and which gets the gist of what it is. Yeah. You know, but uh, not not the recent greatest hits. Instead, today, we are exploring the recent misadventures of WikiLeaks founder, the infamous and somewhat Targaryen-looking Julian Assange. <laughs> oh, he is a little Targaryen. I don't want to body shame. I think, I think Targaryens look really cool, but he looks like one. He's more like the kind of like platinum blonde, uh, blue-eyed kind of vibe, right? Mm-hmm. A yeah, little yeah. bit of it, it's changed. It's, it's changed, changed significantly. <laughs> yeah, being grounded for years will do that. But uh, Julian Assange, this name is familiar to us. If you're listening to this show, you have, it is almost certainly not the first time you've heard this name. But let's learn a little bit about the guy behind the moniker. Who is Julian Assange? Well, for that, we have to go all the way back to 1971 to a place called Townsville, Australia. Isn't that where uh, Chemical X was created that then created the Powerpuff Girls? Oh, my goodness. The mayor of Townsville? Uh, Doesn't ring any bells? Because of my lack of Powerpuff information, I will say yes. Okay, and I appreciate you uh, taking my word for it, but this is a different Townsville. Well, in, in Townsville in 1971, Julian Assange was birthed as a baby. He came into this world... And uh, he didn't have any documents with him, but he was given his first documents very soon after that, proving that he was, in fact, born. Uh, And uh, this is a gentleman who grew up. He really enjoyed computers. He was good at them. He ended up hacking into the databases of several uh, organizations that we would consider high profile. Sure. Corporations. (laughs) I love that. Countries, uh, governments. In 2006, he said, you know, I should take this to a global scale, an international scale. I should take what I'm doing by myself and open it to the world. So he began work on what we call WikiLeaks today. And surprisingly, he pulled it off. He enjoyed a brief and shining moment in the spotlight. Was he a hero speaking truth to power? A coward endangering lives across the planet? A straight-up megalomaniac? He was portrayed as all of these and more in the media, and he earned the coveted Time Magazine's Person of the Year title in 2010. Also, let's not forget that Person of the Year isn't necessarily an accolade. It's not a compliment. <laughs> no, no yeah. it's not necessarily. It just means you shook some stuff up for better or worse. Well, yeah, and, and that's exactly what he was doing. He, you know, that speaking truth to power, I don't know if I necessarily believe that, but I think all of us had moments where the actions of Julian Assange were so striking Mm -hmm. um, of, you know, hacking into the places that were hacked or, you know, leaking information that was given to them Mm -hmm. that really spoke to uh, bad things that were happening within big organizations. And, you know, I think that's why time did, just what we're talking about, that's why time did it because it was so earth-shaking. for sure. I mean, genuinely. Shook the foundations. Yeah. And he was... uh, Loved and feared, I think is the right way to put it. Right, right, right. He was indeed. The thing is that WikiLeaks and Assange were dogged by criticism, controversy, and conspiracy theories uh, pretty much since their inception. People would uh, write to us all these years ago and say, uh, 
well, who do you think's really in charge of WikiLeaks? Is yeah. it Russia? Is it the CIA? Is it, you know, Mossad or some other organization? And how impartial are they? Not very, as we would come to find. But 2010, rose and fell. Like some uh, Targaryen Icarus, I guess. Uh, he flew too close to the sun of the mass media and classified information from governments and businesses. 2010 is the year everything started to go wrong for Julian Assange. He ended up seeking asylum in Ecuador, technically in Ecuador. Uh, here's how it went down. We've got a timeline. I guess we could call it how to dodge the law in Ecuador with an asterisk. Yeah. I don't think he's actually been to the country of Ecuador. Well, it's it technically. Technically. He's <laughs> been to the territory. <laughs> sort of like being at the airport in Paris or something like that. Have you really been to Paris? Mm. Yeah. You know. Mm. Well, well, okay. So here's what I've – what I believe is that everything surrounding this situation mm. is about motivation. Uh, motivation behind actions – by the U.S. government, motivations of actions behind uh, Julian Assange and yeah, WikiLeaks in general, or whatever. Absolutely. Well, yes, and also of Chelsea Manning, of, the Swedish uh, government. Exactly, all of them together. Like it's about the intentions and why they're doing what they're doing, right? Mm -hmm. So let's. So in a, uh, April of 2010, that is when Chelsea Manning. Uh, well, at, by this time, Chelsea Manning has given video and information about an airstrike that occurred in 2007 uh, to WikiLeaks. And in this airstrike, there were more than 10 uh, Iraqis, like civilians, and two journalists that were killed in these airstrikes. Mm -hmm. You, I cannot remember the name of it, war, the war tapes or something to this effect. You can find it uh, through WikiLeaks. It uh, was really brutal and there was a ton of um, press about this when it came out. It was very high profile in that regard. Then in May, Chelsea Manning, the person who leaked this stuff to WikiLeaks, mm -hmm. who then leaked it, uh, was arrested for doing that, for, for leaking it to WikiLeaks. And in August of that year, trouble was brewing across the Atlantic. Prosecutors from Sweden ordered the arrest of Julian Assange on uh, suspected charges of sexual assault, rape and molestation. Yes, and this is where – the intentions come into play because you're seeing information on both or from both sides here that uh, in particularly from WikiLeaks and Julian Assange that like this was an attempt to extradite Julian Assange to the United States, mm -hmm. right? Get him into – get him back to a place or to a place that would extradite him to the United States. Right. And prosecutors in Sweden – issue an international warrant for his arrest. Uh, December 2010, he gets arrested by the British police and the court says, you know what, we're going to grant him bail. And he fights this charge. Uh, he is trying to overturn his extradition to Sweden. It doesn't work. It's dismissed in November of 2011. And in 2012, August of 2012, so he's got some months on the lamb here, August 2012, he is officially granted asylum at the Ecuadorian embassy in London. That's why we're making a big to-do about calling it technically Ecuador because the, <laughs> the land of the embassy is technically sovereign soil. Yeah. But it's a building. 
in the building. It's sort of like when the communion wafer is transubstantiated into like the body of Christ or whatever. It's like one of those kind of things. It's magical thinking. Magical realism? I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I think a lot of international affairs hinge on magical realism, you know? Uh, like passports. That's yes. A, that's a big thing. Do you know, there's one person who doesn't have to have a passport. It's the queen of the UK. Yeah, there you go. Because the passport's issued in her name. Well, yeah. There you go. And then she's got the tiara or the crown or whatever the yeah. thing is. It's a crown. It's a very big deal over there. <laughs> um, so, so in November of that year, this highly publicized event occurs where Julian Assange – uh, comes like he's at the embassy and he goes out on this balcony and he makes a speech there about what he's doing, why he's doing it, what the U.S. government wants to do, uh, makes all of these things public and puts it in his own voice. And has some stunning, uh, some stunning hot takes on Crocodile Dundee, both the first one and the sequel. There you go. That's uh, what they don't want you to know. Highly important stuff. But it was his. Fir- it was the first time anyone had got, or at least the public had seen him since he was seeking asylum two months earlier, back in back in August. And again, like just remember that timeline. Two thousand ten is when it's that arrest warrant is first issued. Two years later, he gets the bail and then ends up in the embassy. Yeah, and he has been there, right? This is becoming his home. Uh, The Stockholm District Court in 2014, while he's still at the embassy, remember, life's going on for everyone else. Doing some Skyping. Yeah, he's stuck in this building. Uh, They decide that he should remain detained after he requested that they review his detention order. And then in August of 2014, he promised he would leave the embassy soon. Soon is a relative term. Right. Yes, it really, really is. Uh, then what happens in 2016? Well, in 2016, the Ecuadorian government cuts off his internet access. Oh, that had to have been a death blow for a guy like that. Built his whole life reputation online, uh, and he's got nothing. He's he's cut off. Wait, but um, why? Yeah. Well, it's because WikiLeaks published her emails. Remember her emails? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, an absolute motherload of uh, Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign emails. Uh, the government says it's trying to make sure he can't interfere in the affairs of other countries. Fair, right? I, I think I mean, that's fair. Like, we're Ecuador. We're doing you a solid, and world superpowers are really coming down hard on us. Yeah. Can you stop making things worse? I know. You're yeah. making us look really bad, Julian Assange. It's like if you're ever – if you know, I don't know how wild everyone's lives are, but it's like if you are um, – you know, in your college days and you get in this uh, a dive bar fight and then it's all because one of your friends is running their mouths and you are somehow single-handedly uh, defending yourself from like – and him from like eight people way bigger than you and the guy's in the back going, yeah, kick kick his ass. Tell his tell his, his mom is also ugly and you're like, dude, either help me out or shut up. <laughs> and he's he's not doing either of those things. So it's – Without choosing a side and without us actually being in the room, we can say that this, on the surface, seems like poor house guest behavior. Yeah, it's also like if the guy staying on your couch just starts peeing on everything. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's a, I mean, we'll see it again because it's it. He's it, just not that great of a tenant. No, it gets, no. if anything, it gets more <laughs> erratic, and uh, peeing on everything isn't necessarily that far off the mark. Right. Exactly. In. Uh, November of 2016, uh, he is questioned 
again, within the embassy. He's not leaving the embassy. He is questioned over those sexual assault charges in Sweden. And in April of 2017, uh, Attorney General Jeff Sessions at the time, who preceded uh, Attorney General Barr, says that arresting Assange is a top priority for the U.S. We want this guy under the jail is he going to get get mode? I don't know. And it's unfortunate that we live in a world where that can be a verb. Nobody wants to get get mode. No, no. one wants to get get mode. But then only a month later, only a month later, Sweden comes out and they're saying we're dropping all charges against Julian Assange. Uh, that's done. We're not going to do this whole extradition thing that he's worried about. Have no fear. We're dropping those charges. Um, and Julian Assange says, well, that's great, mm-hmm. but I'm going to st- – Stay here just in case. Right, right. Because although Sweden has dropped the charges, uh, the UK still has an arrest out for him. And he's like, all right, well, we got Sweden off the list. Yeah. Let's, let me see if I can work something out with the United Kingdom. This is unsuccessful. February of 2018, he loses his bid to get them to drop, uh, drop their arrests and charges. And then – in March of 2018. Oh, it's like history is repeating itself. <laughs> right. Ecuador cuts off his communication entirely. Say, look, you just cannot send messages at all. We tried to stop you with the internet stuff. No, no more. No snail mail, no nothing, because you are, again, dude, you are making the bar fight worse. You are peeing on our geopolitical couch. Stop. We're going to need you to surrender your pager as well because mm-hmm. even, that, even that's too much. Well, yeah, because he said uh, he was sending – again, sending messages that would interfere with other countries' goings-ons. That's <laughs> yeah. what they call uh, in the south poking the bear. Yeah, exactly. You need to leave that bear alone, especially when you're in our house. Mm-hmm. And that's right. Because the bear is going to come for us. Mm-hmm. The bears do not discriminate, you know. In October of 2018, Assange decides to sue Ecuador because he doesn't like how they've changed the nature of his asylum. They had they had recently asked him to start, you know, paying rent, kicking in rent and bills, and uh, to take better care of his cat. That is not made up. Apparently, he was letting the cat run wild. It's, I guess he was above doing kitty litter. I don't know. Gosh, they let him have a cat. They let him have a cat. Can't, what did he have on these these poor saps? By the way, <laughs> I mean, what? Uh, maybe we're gonna get there, but why? Why did they? Why did they put up with all of this? Well, I mean, they thought they were defending journalism. Exactly, that's the stated claim. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> is it really worth it, Ecuador? At this point, good lord. That's the question Ecuador is asking. What did they decide to do? We'll tell you after a word from our sponsor. Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from ATT Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. ATT Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit ATT.com slash hypergig for details. 
Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. We're back. We're in legal limbo. Ecuador has a problem on their hands, and uh, the rest of the world is champing at the bit to get that problem off of their hands. And this situation, as strange as it might appear, is unfortunately not unique. We have to remember that Edward Snowden, when last we checked, still resides somewhere in Russia and will probably not return to the U.S. within his lifetime. And there is a real legal and otherwise threat to anyone who leaks especially highly classified documents from a, you know, uh, let's say a giant military, uh, one of the biggest – oh, wait, the biggest, most powerful military in the world. Mm. It's uh, that you put yourself in danger and escaping, trying to get somewhere else where you're uh, away from the reach of that military and or other parties involved. It's what's going to happen. You know, we should probably try to uh, interview Snowden and Assange. What do you guys think? Do you think they would – they wouldn't talk to us? Well, I know Snowden did an uh, interview recently in April. Uh, he did an interview on Vice. So maybe, well, we, could, maybe we could talk to him. I've seen that one. Yeah. Yeah. Let's uh, – hey, hey, Paul, put out some feelers, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Wow, cold-blooded, my friend. Oh. Just Paul's got a lot to do. Dastardly. No, he's doing it right now. I see him. He's te- he's texting. He's I see him. Yeah, he's, he's got Julian he's got, he's got, Assange. He's got Assange's pager number. <laughs> mm-hmm. But now it's just going straight to Ecuador. So yeah, they're in this legal limbo, and we have to start seriously asking ourselves: How long will this house of cards uh, remain 
remained stable. Was Julian Assange set to live out the rest of his life within the bounds of the Ecuadorian embassy? Remember, there were police waiting for years just for him to cross the threshold. It was serious. Despite all these overtures and threats and demands from the UK, the US, and Sweden, it seemed that the countries who wanted him on trial or arrested or dead still respected, going back to that magical thinking point, international norms too much to storm the embassy and physically remove Assange because it would be an act of war. It would be a bad look. So his life and freedom were in Ecuador's hands, and this April, that support disappeared. Here's where it gets crazy. On December the 6th of 2018, uh, Barry Pollack, who is a, an attorney for Mr. Assange, he said that his client will not be accepting a deal that was uh, – at least the talks were happening right then – between the UK and Ecuador to allow Julian Assange to be released from the embassy and go about his business. Uh, it Talks broke down. The agreement was rejected over fears that it could be used as some kind of pretext – at least these are fears on the behalf of Mr. Assange and his attorney – that the agreement itself would be just a, a pretext, basically, a way to extradite him back to the United States. Because mm. again, he's in the middle, he's in the middle of London. He's in London. And yeah, in Ecuador and the UK, the, their deal hinged on uh, one solid agreement. Ecuador said, well, whatever he's done right or wrong, be it as it may, we do not support the death penalty, so we cannot agree to put him in your hands unless you can promise us that no matter what happens, he doesn't die, which was clearly not enough. What is that? Is like yeah. a gentleman's agreement though? Like, I mean, what, what they demand some kind of written like affidavit? That, I mean, once you hand him over, it's kind of like all bets are off, right? Yeah. Possession is nine-tenths of the law, habeas yeah. corpus and so on. The The problem is that it was – it was pretty much a, a handshake agreement. They may have had – I'm sure they had documentation of it, but they no one made a law that's just for this one guy. And his team, one of, one of his lawyers said that the suggestion that as long as the death penalty is off the table, Mr. Assange need not fear persecution is obviously wrong because as we know, there are fates worse than death. And arguably being imprisoned for the rest of your life – whether in a legitimate prison or a more dodgy place like Guantanamo Bay, uh, that's not a life a lot of people want to live. No, not at all. So then let's go to this year, February 2019. Australia comes out. They say, hey, guys, I just want everyone to know here, uh, Julian Assange, in fact, has a valid passport. It's working. He could use that passport to return to Townsville. Good old... Powerpuff, Townsville, Australia, um, he could go there right now if we wanted to send him that way. And the Australian Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade, the, or DeFat. Mm -hmm. DeFat, <laughs> that's his street name, DeFat. Uh, <laughs> they, uh, they went ahead and said, yes, we're confirming here that a passport has been approved mm. for, for Mr. Assange by the government. And this passport was filed, uh, filed for by Mr. Assange in 2018. So they said, whatever is happening, if he makes it here. We're just saying he could. We, we're just saying we could let him in. So he does have a passport. And again, passports are requisite for people who are the highest and the lowest. Technically, on mm -hmm. paper, everyone has to have a passport and go through customs. I still find it so incredible how like a document can have such power. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like he's got a passport. 
he's good to go. The I Bill st- of Rights. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I still get. I don't know about you guys, but I still get creeped out when I travel internationally because customs can vary widely. The first time I was in England, I um, I had to stop at customs because it wasn't enough that I said, "Yeah, I have a hotel I'm going to." They were like, "All right, we need the address, and we need to confirm." That that's where you're going to be. The guy was cool about it. He even called me Squire, which was just profoundly endearing. And passports are essentially a way to restrict several things. They're a way to restrict uh, immigration of people that a country finds undesirable. And that could be anything from intelligence agencies to poor people, right? They also uh, function as a way for a country to protect its sovereignty at its borders. Um, And they also function as uh, symbolic statements for how they feel about other countries. You know what I mean? It's actually – it's surprisingly affordable to buy a passport from a like somewhat sketchy country Mm -hmm. uh, and still travel with it. Really? Yes. Have you done that? Well, that's certainly like the whole go bag situation, right? Like if you're trying to escape or you're on the lam and you get some shady person who provides this service to help you out, they either forge a passport or I think more often than not, they will buy a passport from one of these countries where it's a little more easy to come by. Is that right, Ben? Yeah, yeah. You can <laughs> you can buy a second passport from various places. The thing is you have to you have to think about how much how much it'll cost you versus how effective the passport will be how you know how widely accepted it is for instance you can get a uh, a very expensive uh passport or minimum investment kind of loophole uh in in turkey for instance it's it's a million dollars you give us you invest a million dollars in a country boom you're Turkish. Congratulations. Help yourself to Damn. some to some cuisine. Jeez. Some and, of our delights. Mm-hmm. And some of those prices go down to $100,000 or even lower. But Julian Assange had his own legitimate Australian passport, not an Ecuadorian citizen. And his Australian passport is no guarantee that he would automatically get accepted because any transit country he went to could stop him at any point and uh, hand him over. So WikiLeaks got word of ill tidings in April of 2019, and they tweeted on the 5th that a high-level source within the Ecuadorian state had told them Assange would be expelled from the embassy within days or hours. Wow. Yeah, that changes things a little bit. It's not great news to hear, you know, mm-hmm. especially if he's reading his tweets. No, his, his communications are cut off. So, I think they may have been reinstated okay. at that point. I'm not sure. I was hoping that I could imagine him in a carrier pigeon, like getting along and it just living in the oh yeah embassy with his cat. That'd that be would a fun be cool. relationship. Yeah, <laughs> that would be. Are you are you pitching a show now? Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. that, would, that would be a fun relationship. <laughs> Who can we get to? Could Gilbert Godfrey play the cat, or is he Ooh. more of the pigeon? Yeah, he's the bird. He's We've good at birds. Him. Yeah. <laughs> so it's weird because. Shortly thereafter, another Ecuadorian official came forward and said there was no decision made to remove him from the London building. And then on April 11th, they did just that. Yep. That is correct. On the 11th of April of this year, 2019, Mr. Assange gets arrested at London's Ecuadorian embassy. Uh, by metropolitan police officers for, quote, failing to surrender to the court. 
Um, can we get a quick clip of this uh, pretty monumental encounter? It'll be brief. There you go. And, and you should be able to hear him saying resist and yeah. things along that line. Uh, because we are an audio podcast, we, we would like to draw your attention to Assange's appearance as, as he got pulled out. As we said at the top of the show, the years in the embassy had not been kind to him. He looks in general kind of disheveled. A little emaciated too. Yeah. Long, kind of weird, stringy hair. Mm-hmm. Ratty beard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can't blame him because he's living under tremendous stress, right? And that's one thing that was kind of irritating. I get the comedy of it, but so many people spent time just busting on the guy's appearance and roasting him when it's like, hey, there's also a precedent. Should we arrest journalists? Is he a journalist or is he just like a a spy master, you know? Well, both. And people were like, ha-ha, yeah, but look look at his beard though. What's up with his cat? I don't know. Why is he skateboarding in the halls? That was a thing. Yes. yes. Whoa, bad boy. He was a bad boy. Uh, so what were these international violations? Were they violations of existing laws that he was continuing to uh, engage in? Or were they violations of, again, kind of this gentleman's agreement with the Ecuadorian embassy? We know that WikiLeaks pulled a no, you move, and they said actually Ecuador is acting illegally because they terminated his asylum in violation of international law. Oh, burned. (laughs) Right. Okay. (laughs) You guys really got into that one. Uh, So the entire time this is happening, there is a looming figure on the horizon, a figure just over – so tall that you can see them uh, over the Atlantic Ocean, Whoa. the silhouette. Is it Godzilla? With a top hat. Uh, it's kind of a is Godzilla. Is it Mr. Peanut? It's Uncle Sam. Ah, uh, him. Yeah. Who would, who would go toe-to-toe uh, with Godzilla and Mr. Peanut, you know? Yeah. Although I feel like Uncle Sam and Mr. Peanut would get along. I think they would well. get along, yeah. They would, I think, th- I think yeah. so. And old Uncle Sam is – he's uh, straddling two – giant U.S. aircraft carriers, mm-hmm. one foot on each, and yeah. he's just surfing across <laughs> the ocean yeah. towards Assange. That America song from uh, the South Park guys film mm-hmm. oh, yeah. is playing. America! Mm-mm. You know the one. You know the one, kids. You know. you know the one. So the U.S. is there. They want a piece. They say, now it's the time to act. So they file a charge against Julian Assange, and they say, this guy, we charge him with computer hacking hours after he's arrested in London, uh, following, first they ask, they're like, oh, hey, all right, guys, chop, chop, uh, tut, tut, tally-ho, whatever you say, get this guy to us, and then also uh, we're charging him with computer hacking, and then they uh, they drill down into it. So specifically, they're charging him for agreeing to break a password to a classified government computer. I love the full name of the charge. It's it's the most dry toast kind of like charge you can you've ever heard of. It's conspiracy to make computer intrusion for agreeing to break a password to a classified US government computer. Oof. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Poetry. Sexy. Sounds dangerous. <laughs> so if he gets convicted of this, then he would serve five years in prison, assuming that he was not disappeared, which is a possibility. 
And they say that the password was sought by Chelsea Manning. And Chelsea Manning is a former Army intelligence officer, I'm sure we're all familiar with her, who provided Assange with a trove of these documents that WikiLeaks published in 2010. According to the indictment, the one with the very sexy (laughs) charge name, uh, this constitutes one of the largest compromises of classified information in the history of the United States. How embarrassing. That's Mm -hmm. what Uncle Sam said. (laughs) (laughs) He did. He did. He did say how embarrassing. And then he shotgunned a Bud Light. And then climbed back on his Clydesdale <laughs> and <laughs> rode off into the sunset. And then, nice. Matt, can you do the first part of that song again? Uh, America! Do, do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I love that. I don't know why I'm so taken with that. Uh, but, yes, so they say that he was – breaking the mores of journalism. He was not being a traditional journalist when he agreed to help Manning crack the password that let her access this stuff. Ah, but mores are not enforceable by law, my friend, are they? It's just sort of bad form. (laughs) Who makes the law? Well, yeah, right. Uh, But they said he broke the laws. It's – if you're Glenn Greenwald or another journalist, it's okay to verify and put out stuff that people have given you, but it's not okay for you to help them steal it. There yeah, you that's, go. When you, that's when you're crossing the line mm-hmm. yeah. and doing something completely different than journalism. That that more is a conspiracy or <laughs> aiding and abetting a felony. Right? I think you're right. Yeah, it is technically a conspiracy, isn't it? So here we are. Mm-hmm. We're 2019. We're present day. We're very, we're very close to present here day. right now? Right now. Okay. We're in the moment, guys. Right, I'm here. What the heck is going to happen? He's rearrested. What happens next? We'll find out after a quick word from our sponsor. Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. 
Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Not guilty. Y'all got to feel me. Assange pleads not guilty at the Westminster Magistrates Court, but he is convicted of failing to surrender to police on June 29th, 2012, when they originally came after him. And then he will he will be sentenced uh, or he was sentenced in Crown Court where more serious crimes are heard. And then he'll also face extradition hearings, one on May 2nd, one on June 12th. His lawyers are livid. They're unhappy with this. They say this is a sign of a terrible global trend. Yeah. Um, Assange's uh, attorney, Jennifer Robinson, who's based in London, was quoted in saying that the arrest, quote, sets a dangerous precedent for all media organizations and journalists. She goes on, since 2010, we've warned that Julian Assange would face extradition to the U.S. for his publishing activities with WikiLeaks. Unfortunately, today, we've been proven right. Uh, And then she added that after having just spoken to Assange, um, that his message to the world was, I told you so. Wow. Oh, the most endearing of messages. So, so endearing. It's okay. It's okay. Because really, honestly... They did kind of, or they kind of knew this. And Julian Assange was warning uh, for a long period of time, like, they're coming for me. This is happening. Here's why. Let me give you a list. This is what's going to happen. But, you know, it did take, what, almost seven years? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And normally, I think we can all agree that I told you so is just a super unhelpful thing to say in any personal situation. But we should give him a pass on this one because he did exactly what you're describing, Matt. He did tell us so. (laughs) He said so. Uh, So it's true. WikiLeaks knew this was coming and probably knew for a long, long time. The group had repeatedly claimed that the Department of Justice in the U.S. was building a criminal case centered on the leaking of those emails uh, hacked apparently by the Russians in the 2016 campaign. And in February of this year, President Donald Trump's former lawyer, Michael Cohen, who was uh, recently in the press for – I think recently just – just agreed to start his jail sentence in New York. He told a congressional hearing that former Trump campaign advisor Roger Stone, who is great television, by the way. Yes, he is. uh, Was in contact with Assange before WikiLeaks released all those emails from the DNC uh, in in the Clinton campaign. Roger Stone, just for a second, true story. He has a tattoo of Nixon on his back. He's a, um, apparently a wild swinger. <laughs> it's it's yeah. very eccentric character. You're saying when he plays baseball, he's very erratic? Is that what you mean? If it's anything like his love life, sure. Okay. <laughs> so he, for, for more on that, yeah. watch Get Me, Roger Stone. It, I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but it certainly was a little while ago. I think, I think uh, Rob over at Behind the Bastards did an episode on him too. Oh, nice. You call him Rob? No, I mean Rob. We'll call him Rob. I sure. know you guys are tight like that. 
<laughs> That's awesome. I, I, okay, we all call him Mr. Evans. Yeah. In person. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, but Behind Bastards, great show. Check it out. Uh, we'll probably have him on our show in a little while uh, for his newer podcast, It Could Happen Here. Ooh. Anyway, Roger Stone, uh, of course, someone's personal life shouldn't be a basis on which to judge their professional conduct. But that back tat is, is weird. Did you look it up? I was about to say hella weird, but I got <laughs> dinged for saying that. But, you know, I, I knew about it. It's just I thought it was a joke. Like I thought someone had Photoshopped that and then I came to – I looked a little deeper into it. Like, no, he totally has Nixon's face tattooed on his back. Sweet. Yeah. Isn't that weird? I, I did – I had one of those – I call them the uh, – Onion double take where you read yeah. you read something you're like no way let me check that URL or let uh, me make sure this is not the onion. Well, it was the uh, Nixon Presidential Library had this thing where if you got a tattoo, especially a lower back tattoo, mm-hmm. uh, you could get into the library for free for the rest of your life. So I think he went <laughs> for it. Okay, so he had a reason to do it. Uh, so Atlanta is home to a festival called Shaky Knees. And longtime listeners, you may remember that we were we were uh, excited to go. We, we kind of made a thing out of mm-hmm. it a few years back. Was that two years ago? Yeah, it was a good bill. Yeah. Just, it just wrapped up uh, yesterday for this mm-hmm. year. And they also wrapped up their practice of allowing you to get into the concert, to get into the festival for free for the rest of your life if you got a tattoo. Yeah. And uh, I do believe that your wife did that very thing. Yeah, my wife and her best friend both got them. It was the last possible moment to do it. It really was. So that's pretty clutch. Yeah, I'm excited. She's going to get to do that every year. And hopefully, uh, shaky knees, may you live forever (laughs) in Atlanta or wherever we end up living in 10 years from now. Shake those knees. Yeah. That sounds really weird. Uh, (laughs) So here we are and... Now we're running into what we could rightly call, and you'll have to edit me here, but I can't think of a better phrase, a cavalcade of f***ery because everybody is trying to figure out what's going on, who handles what, who gets Assange at the end of the day, what what charges in which countries take priority. Sweden is talking about reopening the sexual assault case and so on, uh, and the sexual assault case – uh, the way the law is phrased and what is considered assault uh, does differ from what is uh, – w- how, how assault is described in the United States and that leads some of Assange's supporters, who many of whom already believe this is just a pretense to get him to the US. Uh, th- that leads his supporters to say that ah, this is a trumped-up charge. And speaking of Donald Trump uh, – his specter looms large. His specter looms large, yeah. And uh, he he said recently – people were, at, of course, asking the White House about this. And uh, when he was asked by journalists about Assange, uh, President Trump said, I know nothing about WikiLeaks. It's not my thing. But – in 2016, October 10th specifically, Donald Trump was quoted, and this is right before the election, he was quoted as saying, I love WikiLeaks, presumably talking about uh, her emails. Presumably talking about the same organization. Uh, maybe there were two. But her emails? Oh, boy. But I mean... But, her, but Anyway, it's interesting. It's at least worth noting that uh, the president of the United States is, both loves this organization but also knows nothing about it. 
It's it's interesting. It's a, it would appear to be a pretty hard contradiction, right? Yeah. Just and again, these are just based on public clips, assuming they're not deep fakes or some kind of digital uh, propaganda job. Yeah. Exactly. Then it appears that he has either forgotten about WikiLeaks or did not understand what he was referring to back in 2016. Yeah, or it was just so 2016, you know. I'm just being – I'm trying my level best to be fair about that. I I think I'm being more than fair about that. I don't know how you guys feel. He know he knew. Yeah. Uh. It was such a renowned organization. I mean, especially someone in his position learning all of – I mean, he – He'd had two years roughly to learn all of the security stuff that is happening in the United States. And you have to think that WikiLeaks as an organization is on briefings, maybe not all the time, but as regularly as they publish materials, mm-hmm. I'm assuming. Right. It had, And clearly the U.S. intelligence apparatus wants to shut this guy down, right? You don't yeah. want to set a precedent of letting things leak. Isn't that the problem too and the thing that's interesting about him and makes him so polarizing is – he doesn't really have allegiances that are uh, consistent. <laughs> He's kind of a loose cannon. Like you can't really predict who whose side is he on exactly. Assange or Trump? Assange. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's on the he's on his own side, or he's on some kind of like the side of like idealistic justice or something. And yet, some of the things he does, like with this the, the Clinton leaks felt very much like there was an agenda there. Mm-hmm. So it's confusing when you t- you mentioned at the top of the show, man, that it's all about intent. That's a completely true. But the problem with a guy like this is he's – who's he beholden to? No one really yeah. knows. Or if, if we, they do know, they're not, they're not telling. He just seems like someone who needs to be neutralized and everybody wants a piece because everyone has something to lose from him doing what he's doing kind of, you know? Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's a side conversation. But, you know, there, I have seen some interesting writings about uh, Hillary Clinton in particular and about the tendency to perhaps want to engage in wars overseas for strategic reasons um, and part of, you know, some of the – some of the like deeper state behind closed doors kind mm-hmm. of discussions that were occurring around that time. I can imagine why a Julian Assange who, you know, is known for leaking all of this stuff about uh, military engagements would maybe – feel like he's got some kind of personal thing he's got going on there. I see. I'm, I'm just trying to give sure. that perspective. Trying to trying to live in their shoes for a second. Just for a moment. Just wear their skin for a moment. Nothing creepy. I just like to wear other people's skin. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for all of your ears. What, what do we say to death, Noel? <laughs> <laughs> so – here we are. Uh, Julian Assange is currently held at a high-security facility called Belmarsh Prison in East London. It's a terrible place. He argued that he should not have to serve time and he argued it by saying that, you know, I was essentially in prison when I was in the embassy. I did not fly with the court. Vice magazine wants you to know the prison he's in is no Ritz-Carlton. Belmarsh is equipped for 900 inmates at a time. Uh, but – up to 125 of the two-person cells were often crammed with three, at least three inmates. Just one in six said they could shower every day. Uh, there was a shortage of prison kits, prison kits being the, the toiletries and the clothing that you get. So it could have well been a situation where he checks in or he gets processed and they say, hey, man, where are we at with 
toothbrushing and hygiene because you are uh, you're not going to get one of those till Tuesday. So just he's like, but wait, Tuesday. Be aware of your breath. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, but, I hope they let him shave. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's not. It's either way. It's not a nice place. It's crowded. It has some problems. And his as we end today's episode, his legal trials are far, far, far from over. Because again, his Uncle Sam astride those aircraft carriers, eating something delicious that's terrible for you. As my new favorite song for this episode plays subtly in the background. <laughs> It's got to be fried chicken, right? And he's saying, saying, get Julian Assange over here. And officials in Sweden, in a less ostentatious manner, are also saying, yeah, well, you know, maybe you can stop over here on the way because we think the guy is a monster. Yeah, a little prosecution tour. Mm -hmm. A terrible, terrible tour. What do you think is next for him, though? I mean, long, long term. Speaking tours? Book deals? TED Talks. TED Talks? It's a tough call. Yeah. It's a tough call. Or is he going to be canceled? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Because still, when we were – first off, you have to take any allegation of sexual assault very seriously. Yes. Right? Um, and it's a great question, Noel. I, d- I don't know what to think. I don't I, – I, it's tough to predict what will happen, you know. Is he going to be extradited? I would say probably. Depends on how much uh, time – blood, sweat, and tears the U.S. wants to put into it. And other larger questions still loom. What, what do you think listening today? Is he a villain? Is he a hero? Is he is he a pawn in the game of global chess? Or, or is he a rook? Or is he a rook? Or, or perhaps bishop. another, you know, chess piece of, of, of some kind. Sure. A bishop? Yeah, a bishop. As the bishop said to the whatever, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the old joke. How's it go? As an actor said to a bishop. Yeah. What? I, 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 is that about the shape of the bishop? It's, oh. Yeah, so the said the actress to the bishop is a colloquial and vulgar British exclamation, offering humor by serving as a punchline that exposes an unintended double entendre. Oh, okay. So it is about the bishop. North America, the equivalent is that's what she said. Okay. We have one other question that's been lingering in my mind that we found in the course of the research for this. Which is the following. Did Pamela Anderson really try to assassinate Julian Assange with a vegan sandwich? Let us know what you think. <laughs> yeah, signs, <laughs> signs point to maybe. So uh, <laughs> let's, let's get to the bottom of that one. Let's get to the bottom of that one. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Uh, we do have our eye on how this situation will develop. One thing's for sure, while legal limbo may have worked in the Ecuadorian embassy for uh, nearly seven years, events are probably going to progress at a faster clip from here on out. And it may be that Assange's ultimate fate is decided uh, within the next 12 months. We genuinely do not know. But we will be watching as you are watching and we'll have another update if it's, you know, important enough to come along. Uh, Maybe we can couch it in another episode or something. Maybe we can interview him. I don't know. Uh, What was his lawyer's name? Barry Pollock, are you still in contact with Julian Assange? Are you listening to this? Are you Barry Pollock's uh, son or daughter mm-hmm. or uh, relative or maybe coworker? Or any of the above for Jennifer Robinson, Assange's London-based attorney? Yes. Uh, get right to us. Let us know. Uh, you can find us on Instagram where we're Conspiracy Stuff Show. Uh, what are you guys on Instagram? I'm at Embryonic Insider. 
for now, I am at Ben Bolin. And Matt, you're at, uh, you're at Sandwich King, right? Yes, Sandwich Kings uh, with a Z. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Sure, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, if you don't want to do that, uh-huh. you can find us on Twitter where we're at Conspiracy Stuff mm-hmm. or Facebook, Conspiracy Stuff. You can look at our uh, Facebook uh, page called Here's Where It Gets Crazy. Yeah, it's a lot of fun conversation and memory and discussions. Uh, we have usually have a post for every episode where you can kind of keep the discussion in that field so it doesn't get out of control. Mm-hmm. Um, all you got to do to become a member of that is name uh, one of our names. Just one? I think. Just one. Just, or make us chuckle. Or, yeah, exactly. We, we save screenshots of a lot of those. And the good <laughs> ones are quite good. And you will get in with just a very clever nod. Uh, yes. Just mention badgers somewhere. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, yes. And, Matt, what do people do if uh, the social meads are just not for them and it's not their, their bag of badgers? Well, put those social meads down because we have something that your phone can do. No, it's not browse the internet. No, it's not post Instagram things. It can be a dumb phone. You can literally make a phone call. What? To us. No. You can leave a message. Give us a call. We are 1-833-STDWYTK. Have you noticed that it's become an affront to call people? Like people just are like, they just don't, they're not about it. They're yeah. Like, you, yeah. What, what is this? What is this thing that's happening to my phone right now as it's buzzing? Yeah. A number is coming up. Throw it out the window. Kill have, it with fire. I have know? a short list. I, I think full, I have a short list of people for whom I will answer the phone. It's uh, – I think it's egregious. I think it's intrusion on privacy. I got in a little bit of tiff with our pals over at the Daily Zeitgeist about it because I told them I thought phone calls were generally overrated. It's 2019. Real friends text. I'll die on this hill. Well – I won't die on that hill, but I will disagree with you, sir, because <laughs> that's my, one of my favorite ways to communicate. I, I also like a good phone call catch-up from time to time, but I do not like a, a quick phone call that could be accomplished with a text. Got you. That's all I'm saying. I think, I think it's like a, a good old friend catch-up or like that's nice to do over the phone, yes. that personal Ooh. touch. But if it's a business thing or like a quick thing, I don't like it when you call me. All right. Don't call me. All right. Sorry, Definitely no. call our, sorry, call our sorry. number. Hey, hey, hey. Sorry, not, Paul. Call Gosh. our number because we, we love hearing these amazing messages and we use them in episodes as well. Yeah, and if you get a weird phone call from a 404 or 770 or 678, depending on which randomized phone number I'm using, uh, it's probably me. Because I'm calling you back because I really enjoy doing that. You're also a great person. I just want to no, call no. The I just uh, don't don't listen to him. But I really <laughs> enjoy calling uh, you, who people, anyone out there who is listening and has like taken the time to leave us a voicemail. Oh yeah, uh, it's just really cool to know there are other humans out there, and you it's not what? just us in a box. I'm going to take a page from the book of Matt, and maybe I'll call a couple of you too. Do it, Matt. You're one of the last great conversationalists, sir. I tip my hat to you. America! Uh, yeah. And if that is your inspiration and you have a story that you feel we, or more importantly, your fellow listeners will immensely enjoy or just something that they should know, uh, please, please don't let uh, don't let social media be an obstacle. If you don't care for phones, don't let that be an obstacle. You can contact us directly right now. All you have to do is send us a good old-fashioned email. We are conspiracy at iheartradio.com.
Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Attention, true crime enthusiasts. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.